Welcome to the Biz and Mayhem podcast, where we talk about the mayhem in our lives and how to get ahead in business and your career. This is Chris Batchelor, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Parker. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. How are you doing, Tara? I'm good, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good. This is the newsroom. Have you seen this first article here called Woke Fishing? No, I had to look it up. I mean, I, I looked at the article, but I had to go look up what the word meant. I know catfishing, and it looks like these are kind of related terms, it, it looks like. I'm going to bring up that article. Um, How did you find this? I, I don't remember where I found this. I think this was on the Facebook feed somewhere, but uh, the the term Woke Fishing, woke, woke fishing <laughs> kind of... Uh, intrigued me it's going you know i've heard of catfishing but what's woke fishing and then open the article up and i guess it's people who are acting like they are progressive and uh you know all they're going to all these protests and and things like that and really what they're doing is they're just trying to to woo their romantic partners and then they leave apparently (laughs) or they find out that they're not really (laughs) all that progressive well, it's, it's like it's like a hookup line. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm everything you want to be. I'm I'm woke, and um, it's just like a, a it's a pickup thing. It's it's like it's trying to pick up somebody by using by being fraudulent on your political platform. And it just, I mean, how desperate do you have to be? To, apparently, to pretty desperate. But yeah, I think I just to me it kind of resonated. It was like you know I, I've seen people you know sort of not uh, advertise who they really are you know, in in other ways. And uh, I just thought this was really interesting considering today's political climate, you know, (laughs) oh yeah, I'm vegan and I go to all these protests and, you know, a month into the relationship, they're like, they forget that they're vegan. and (laughs) Right. Well, I love to do, when you're reading the article, they use this really great word, um, faux-gressive, as being the opposite of (laughs) progressive. Like, that is awesome. It's phony. It is. Yes. So pro oh tip God. to all the listeners out there, don't uh, <laughs> pretend to be something you're not. That yeah, never ended alert. well. Red alert for the dating scene. Oh my gosh. It makes me glad I'm not on the dating scene. That right you can, there. You can only pretend for so long. <laughs> oh my gosh. What do you got next after that? That's, uh, that's a great start oh, to a show. <laughs> isn't that great? Yeah, so next, awesome. uh, next the, uh, all the liberals are scared that Trump's going to delay the election. Oh yeah. Okay. That's, I thought was, I had to go back and read the tweet and I, I, in looking for this article because I saw something about it on Twitter, I think. And so I, um, I didn't see the tweet, just the reaction to it. So I looked into this and I found this article and it's, um, it's a tweet that, um, our good old president said something about, you know, Oh, there's the tweet. I found it with the, and it's quoting, um, with universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good. 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And so some people, because they take Trump at face value versus having to decode the man, which is an aggravating thing for me is you do have to decode him, took this as he's going to move the election. Well, he can't. The Constitution doesn't allow him to do that, but... Yeah, there's just some things he just can't do on a whim. I I think people forget that, right? But he does bring up a good point. I mean, um, you know, there's there's always talk about fraud in the elections. And I think that this election in particular with COVID and all the things going on uh, does have the potential for some fraud, right? Well, yeah, you're I mean, there's all kinds of... um, you know, if you want to call it hogwash, if you want to call it conspiracy, if you want to call it stories or gossip, there's all kinds of crap going around. And the trust in politics is depleting. Although, at least for me, I'm having a real hard time believing any politician. Um, so it's, I don't, I think he was just yeah. trying to get a rise out of people. And this is, a, Trump can do that just by blinking. Oh yeah, he's, he's awesome at that. I mean, whenever you read Trump stuff, he, he usually starts off uh, with saying something that's somewhat factual or at least has some basis yeah. in fact, right? Uh, not mm-hmm. always. And then, and then he, you know, he kind of has the shoe drop at the end, which is exactly what he's done here. But, but I think you're right. I think the trust in, in the government in general has been eroded. Um, oh, yeah. And I, 
you know, I don't, you know, I think on the left that they don't trust the government because Trump's in power and on the right, nobody no. trusts the government because they're convinced that there's some deep state trying to unseat the, you know, the, the rightful president. So, uh, right. it's, it's an interesting time. I think, uh, there's mistrust in government from both sides of the aisle and it's for different yes. reasons. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, you said something about, you know, when Trump makes his tweet, he always drops the shoe. It's, and that's exactly what he does. Most people drop the mic as they make a point and walk away. He literally drops the shoe instead. So you just never know what, what he's stepping into. And he, he does it for reaction. He does it to get yeah. people going because he knows once people are emotional, they make dumb decisions. And mm -hmm. that's, it's a great strategy, but it's, you have to understand strategy and strategic planning to know that's why people do that. He's, it's a form of control for lack of a better way to put it. And, and I, as it turns out, this article is focusing on Trump being um, a fascist um, instead of a federalist. And so it's, it, yeah. it's, you can't take this stuff at I mean, face value. You really can't. It is, it is the New York times and at least they yes. labeled it opinion. <laughs> yes. Yes. It is opinion. That's a very good. Most of which, anything that's out there is opinion anymore anyway. Um, which is, you know, what COVID-19 is sur surrounded by, but, um, yeah, I, he can't, he can't change it. I, I think it's cute yeah. that he went to that route, but people need to calm down. What cracks me up about this article is the headline is Trump might try to postpone the election. That's unconstitutional <laughs> period. And the, right. the sub line here is he should be removed unless he relents. Right. And it's like, well, he hasn't done anything yet. It's like trying to punish a child for eating a cookie they haven't eaten yet. Yes. Well, like, he goes so far on. as to say that Trump should be impeached for this. He just made a statement. And granted, he's not my favorite speaker in terms of presidents. There's been far better rhetoricians in the in the high office that Trump is currently occupying. But to say he needs to be impeached for saying something, you know, we go back to the Constitution and, and freedom of speech, people. Let's let him say what he wants to. I wish he'd shut up and get away from the microphone and, the, and away from the, the phone, but yeah. he has access to it. And it's, he, he, he yeah. does. I, I wonder if he has like this maniacal laugh every time he hits the Twitter button to, to pull <laughs> something, you know, like, <laughs> you know, he's yeah. got to have you something. Just, you can just see him muttering under his breath saying, oh, I wonder what they're going to say about this. They're gonna uh, go and off yes. The he's that's you his ego he's right there. That. Oh yeah. Right. It's his ego. Yeah. That is his ego. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, oh. that's great! For more fun stuff, did you see what's, what what <laughs> happened in Michigan a couple weeks ago? Yes, and I think this is oh my gosh, I think this is and this is I mean it's sad for her. Let's if you haven't seen yeah, the video, yeah. so <laughs> so I don't know uh, if it's, is it this of a revenge? It looks like it has to be an act of revenge. She can't just be crazy. At least she's wearing a face mask. I mean, there's a positive. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if she's hiding or being healthy, but should, it's there. We we should tell the audience what's going on. Uh, so in Michigan, a woman uh, was caught torching an SUV. And then as she, you know, she was seen pouring gasoline in this car, on in this truck. And then she threw a match or whatever to light it off. And she got knocked on her butt well, because of the explosion. I'm sure she got rattled pretty good. But she, it was all caught yeah. on video camera. There yes. was somebody up on a second floor taping this thing with their phone or whatever. And. Uh, yeah, it, it's just uh, if, if you like that kind of thing, it's just you're going to want rewind it and watch it a couple times because it's kind of like the Darwin Awards in action. Yes. You can just see her pouring all this gas and you're like, oh, this isn't going to end well. This is not going to end well. Well, she's if you, you got to go watch the video because she's she's covered up like she, she knows. She, I mean, she's got a mask on. She's got her sunglasses on. She's got a hood on. She leans into the vehicle. It's in the, the passenger seat of the back seat. Um, and she. It takes this, this, you know, the red oil or the red gas can you'd use to fill up a lawnmower engine with, yeah. and she dumps it into the back seat. And you're like, okay, well, obviously she's going to light this thing of fire. And not only did she light the match, she leaned into the vehicle to set it on fire. And that's when, you know, it, she doesn't realize it's not the gas liquid that's flammable. It's the fumes from the gas that are flammable. So she, she took it straight to the face, but she bounced right back up and ran off. I mean, yeah. She could have been hurt too terribly bad, but she, I believe she was arrested. She was arrested. She's they, uh, they did confirm that, uh, they arrested the person that was in the video and they confirmed that the person in the video was in fact her as far as they mm -hmm. can tell. So, yeah. uh, now Sydney it's set for court and, and she gets to go, uh, tell her story in court. So well, she'll do a great uh, job because she looks awesome. They take the mugshot mugshot rather is on, uh, it's on the article in the in link in the show notes and she looks fine. Yeah, it Jill doesn't look like hurt. she got injured too bad, which yeah. is uh, which is I guess, good. I mean, 
but yeah, the the title of the video is "Woman Sets Her Boyfriend's Car on Fire and Takes Off Running." So. <laughs> She doesn't yeah, necessarily take off running. She gets knocked on her ass she, and kind of yes. walks away a little confused. Well, I think she probably learned an important lesson in the different elements of our different, uh, what is it? It's uh, liquid yes. gas and fumes. She yes, had a the great, the great <laughs> physics lesson of the day. There we go. There it is. Oh so my God. Do you gosh. remember Weird Al growing up? Yes. He, yes. Who doesn't? <laughs> Weird yeah. Al had just had he had the greatest parodies, right? I mean, he did. And you know what's funny is uh, I forget where I saw this, but I watched an interview with him. Uh, I think it was with Howard Stern, and um, Howard Stern was saying like, you know, as a music artist, he's had you know music artists tell him like, hey, they know they've made it when Weird Al does a parody <laughs> of one of their songs, right? Right. Yes. And, uh, um, well, I didn't, I always thought maybe I didn't understand how his business model worked. I, so I didn't, and not understanding the music industry and, and copyrights and things of that nature. I just assumed he took uh, songs that were hits or going to be potential hits or did very well and just used those to create his own career out of them just to make fun of them. Um, I didn't realize he actually would, um, attempt to get permission, uh, personally, from the artist to make sure that, you know, things were cool. And some of them even helped to write the songs. Um, the article says that Michael Jackson helped to write um, Eat It. And so yeah, that's, isn't that great? That's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, like, just, that just makes it that much better. You yes, know? It, it does. And, uh, it's, apparently not, some of the original artists are credited uh, in some of these songs, yeah. which is great. So, you know, his hurts, his hits were uh, Eat It. Like a surgeon, white nerdy, Amish Paradise, which I remember Amish Paradise, man, that was like that was a big, big, huge hit back in the day. Well, it, it was so cool because it, the the music video really got attention from people because they did. A, of course, it was all Amish and it was making you know it was joshing the the culture there, and you know yeah, that's what he yeah. does. And it had a Michelle Pfeiffer was in the. Um, Gangsta's Paradise video because she was a part of the that that um, song was in a movie and I can't the name escapes me now but she starred in the movie. Well, she was also in I believe the Amish Paradise um, music video as well. <laughs> nice. So I, I, I think so I think they were able to connect it like that. But as it turns out, this article is really interesting because they were talking about the um, some of the artists that would tell um, Weird Al no, I don't want you yeah. messing with my music. You're so going to te tear out the image and. The one that caught my attention was Eminem and 8 Mile. Yeah. I, I guess he didn't want anybody to uh, yeah, um, take from the image um, of, of what it meant to grow up on the the that's the, the way he grew mm -hmm. up. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting. The article says that um, with copyright law, he doesn't have to get permission. I mean, he can totally just do yeah. this. They can be mad, but, uh, you know, he at least does uh, try and involve them or get permission mm -hmm. and uh, and yeah, so I thought it was pretty cool to sort of read the story behind some of these. And um, there's some of these where he didn't exactly do the same song, but he did something kind of different. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just fun to read about the ones that, uh, you know, that uh, the artist actually helped write, you know, and uh, some of them are like, well, don't do that song, but do this song, you know. Yeah. Um, or the, so. the Paul McCartney one, I guess he wanted to do Live and Let Die that Paul McCartney did. And Paul McCartney yeah. said, no, because I guess Weird Al wanted to do a chicken pot pie titled version of that. And the article yeah. said that McCartney said, I, no, I'm a vegetarian. I'm not going to condone the eating of animal flesh. <laughs> like I don't. It's like, well, that's not how it works. But uh, I guess uh, Weird Al said he tried to do it with tofu pot pie, but it just didn't work out the same. It didn't work. Yeah, it's just not the same. huh? That would have so been great, though. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? I just. Yeah, I really loved his music. It was always easy and fun and. You know, he always spoofed the videos, you know, right off of the, the originals. And yeah. Yeah, he was, he, he's always been fun. And I think um, um, Amish Paradise was probably my favorite of all his songs that he did. That was one of his biggest hits. And then he did uh, yeah. one of the Nirvana songs. Uh, oh, I think it was Teen yeah. Spirit. Do you remember that? Um, yeah. But I remember watching the, I think he was on that same Howard Stern interview where he was saying that they shot that music video literally right after Nirvana shot their video and they shot it in the same place and they actually got a lot of the same like uh, actors to come back, you know, the, uh, and oh my so God. it was said it was really like cool how close it was to the original music video, just because, <laughs> you know, they basically shot the original music video and then went right back and shot the weird Al version. Oh, wow. That's you know, awesome. Said, uh, 
because that remember that video had like a cow in it and it was in a gym yeah. you know yeah. it had, had lots of lots of dark you know uh lights and and you oh know it, it it was a great great uh video but yeah it was kind of fun to hear him talk about that so i've always been a weird Al fan and, and uh i just thought that kind of behind the scenes stuff was kind of cool yeah it's, it, it's always interesting to see um what the interactions are and how these guys you know how what the what the back conversations sound like and look like because you never get to see that part of it you just see what the management wants you to see or what as a weird owl puts it what the suits want you to see and yeah. and so it's it's really neat to see this kind of see the artists that he's talked with and actually collaborated with you know it's, it kind of makes it more real for you and a little more fun but that's that was a fun it article is, i'm glad you found that one that was cool it, it is definitely fun i tried to keep the news a little light this week since uh <laughs> you know we've had lots of crazy news so there, oh there my you gosh go. but yeah it's it's nice to have a, a little bit of change in the in the newsroom and not always talk so serious and there's serious enough out there for all of us there definitely is all right it's time to work that career and lift and push and lift and push you got it now harder lift and push it's the career workout Tell me about the seven benefits of being open-minded at work. So you work with anybody that doesn't like change, doesn't like new stuff? Uh, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I work with Is engineers. There... <laughs> By definition, they don't they like are... change. <laughs> and when they do so, have change, um, they're going to tell you how they're going to change. <laughs> yeah, they'll do it on, it's, yes. And so um, just some recent experiences of my own, it's like, gosh, you know, I, it would be nice if people would just be, a little more open-minded and talking with some of my mentors, that's one thing they've all told me, keep your mind open. Don't, don't focus in your department necessarily look beyond the departments and be open to, to not just changing what you're doing at work, but changing, you know, the, the role that you have at work and not just promotion, but, in, you know, from one department, you feel free to jump to another. So I got to thinking, you know, I, I've, I've had, we've had, I've seen some resistance in my office and in talking to some of my um, friends, they're noticing the same thing. And I don't know if it's COVID induced or political, stress or what, but people seem to be resisting a lot more here lately. And so this article that I found, and it is with CareerCast, um, and it's talk, oh no, it's not, I pull up the wrong, I'm hitting the wrong one. It's with Positively Present. <laughs> Let me just, um, I, I confused myself because I've got a seven on the seven tips for the career fail. Anyway, um, there's seven different um, benefits to being open-minded. And so they start with letting go of control. And I know at work, we want to control a lot of things in our environment. If you delegate tasks, sometimes we want them to be done on our terms and on our timeline, and that's not how other people work. And so it can be really frustrating um, to let go of something that is typically under your control and your reign and see somebody else mm -hmm. do it differently. And feel like that's wrong. Or and it, it can happen at home too, just like when somebody fills the dishwasher and that's not the way you would do it. Um, at work, you you just got to be open to letting go of control of things, especially when we get busier and we get new people in, there's training, there's different things going on. And so um, just being able to let go of some of the controls you feel you have, because you really shouldn't be trying to control everything at work. That just, that should drive you nuts. If it's not, you need to get checked out, I think. But, um, but just, that was, that's one of the, that's what the article started with. And it led into, from that going into experiencing changes. And so if you're open-minded, you let your, you literally open your brain up and allow space for change to take place. And as you said, working with engineers, that can be a really difficult environment to create where that open mind and being open to change. Um, I work with engineers and it's not easy to get those people on board with change and doing things differently. And so, so can I sing that uh, Disney song? Go, <laughs> Do you know how go. often, how many times I've told people at work that just they'll hold on to something and I'll tell them, let it go. There's a song about it. Go check it out. Cause I'm not going <laughs> to sing to them, but I will remind them oh, I'll, there's I'll a song. <laughs> you, I'll let you handle that there, Mr. Yeah. Tenor. I'm not oh. going there. I'll sing they, to them. They'll make, they might change their tune about me if I sing to them. <laughs> um, but one of the things about being open-minded as the article continues is that it does leave you open to being vulnerable. And that can be a really uncomfortable thing to feel. Um, a lot of people attribute being vulnerable to being weak and they're not the same thing. And for any of our um, listeners out there, Brene Brown is huge into vulnerability and she sets down the boundary between vulnerability and being um, weak. And if you're not familiar with her, go check her out and learn the difference between the two. 
because being being vulnerable is just about opening yourself to new things, new ideas. Um, it can be a really great way to grow and develop, although it can also be really scary, which is why people think it's kind of a weakness. Um, mm-hmm. I know that it's, it doesn't have to look weak, and I've seen people be vulnerable when they don't realize they're being vulnerable. Um, and it's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, the next one, and everybody does this, but nobody wants to own up to it, is making mistakes. And that's it, it cracks me up how many people are apologizing left and right. Oh, I'm so sorry I did that. I'm so sorry I did that. It's like they can't make a mistake, so they're constantly apologizing. And it's, it's yeah, I don't know. I'm not afraid to make mistakes, and I'm not afraid to tell somebody. I, I goof that up. I don't know about you, Chris, but I make errors all the time with my kids at work. And mm-hmm. I'll just tell somebody, yeah, I, I, I jacked that up. That was me. I'll take that. I'll I need to fix it, but I don't know how to. And you get help for that. Um, so it's, you have to be open to making mistakes. I think I saw something sometime. I don't remember. It was one of my former lives where I saw that, you know, mistakes are the porthole to learning or something like that. And I right. thought that was really. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think really it's hard. critical to, to distinguish here that when you make the mistake, it's how you, um, how you kind of, talk to yourself after that mistake. That's what this is talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, and that's funny you mentioned that because when I, I work with clients and I coach clients, um, and then they'll, as we talk about things they've done, they'll, we'll talk about some mistake they did or something they did that they, they feel is a mistake. And they'll, you know, we'll talk about what was another way to do it? What did they learn from it? And I always hear them say, well, you're right, Taryn. I tell them, don't don't tell me I'm right. That's not what this is about. Do you agree or disagree? Because your brain doesn't know the difference between fact or fiction, just what you tell it. And there's a lot of studies right. behind that. And this, yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with making mistakes. There's no reason to apologize unless it's something serious or, you know, you're, you're kind of being a <laughs> D-bag mean, about it. That- you should. There like, are some eh, mistakes. You- all right. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> um, but those mistakes and um, being okay with those um, and not feeling guilty every time it can lead to the next point the article says, and that's strengthening yourself. Um, and it's allowing yourself just to, to grow and to be a little bit more than what you were before the mistake or the error before, you know, you closed your mind off to the world around you. And so in um, a lot of people out there, I'm hearing a lot of people, and it's probably due to the political climate, talk about how they don't feel very strong right now. But, you know, when you're quarantined or you're locked up or you're in house arrest for, you know, no reason other than there's a virus that, you know, is that people are getting excited about. You can feel a little weak and um, vulnerable because you're just you're not operating like you typically do. But that's that point of opening your mind up and being okay to change and letting things um, be different than what you're used to. And, of course, as you gain strength, that's um, you get confidence from that. You know, right. and I, I don't know that anybody doesn't, I don't know anybody who doesn't agree with that. I know every time I'd, I've made a mistake and I learned something new, I felt more confident the next time I tried to perform. Um, and so I, I, I think that's so important. And people are always asking me, how do you gain confidence? And it's a process of making mistakes, learning, being open to the change of learning, and then learning, you know, embracing that change and just performing it better, practicing, because practice makes perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Sure does. Yeah. And then... Uh, being honest, and this is my favorite one. This is um, this is one of those that if you don't have this with yourself, being honest, it's going to be hard to be open-minded. You got to be honest with yourself that you're closed off from people. You're not willing to accept change. You're not willing to listen to other people or realize that just because you live life a certain way or you your work ethic is a certain way doesn't mean that everybody else's has to match you. And I think that's probably the thing I see as the biggest challenge in every position I've ever held is it because somebody isn't doing a, a certain thing, a certain task, or handling their team a certain way? It's wrong. And it's not wrong. It's just a different way. Um, so you have to be honest with who you are and how you feel about things. And if you really are narrow-minded or you really are closed-minded, and how to how to open that up. And I think today's climate is a really good way to gauge how open-minded and how closed-minded we are. It can be really easy to hear everything that's going on out there in the world. You know, if, if it's Black Lives Matter, if it's, you know, face masks or, you know, soon to be eye goggles or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> Full body suits coming right. next. It's, uh, hazmat's on your way. <laughs> Get your designs now. Get um, your bunny suit. <laughs> <laughs> I might wear that one, actually. 
but I if like you this are... last one though, uh, the being being honest one. Yeah. Um, because I, I think I've observed that a lot in the in the work environment where um, people will tell themselves the story that makes them feel good, not necessarily yeah. the story that is actually happening. Right. Yes. Like I, I think a lot of yes. people will will um, ride on a burning ship, so to speak, mm-hmm. even though it's going to sink at some point and they'll right. tell themselves that everything's fine and nothing's burning. And it's fine. Uh, it's fine. I think it's, it's, fine. It's, it's, it's really a hard skill though, to be honest with yourself and, uh, and to have that self critique. Right. I think yeah, uh, naturally absolutely. we just want to think everything's okay and just kind of go mm-hmm. from there. Well, yeah, especially if you are in a, I know I've been in a couple of toxic cultures um, and within my professional roles where you felt like you were powerless and to get through the day, you just tell yourself it's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And then you share that mentality with your coworkers. And if uh, my, some of my former coworkers who are my current friends today are listening right now, then they're giggling and shaking their heads and rolling their eyes saying, yeah, correct. That's exactly what we did to get through our day. We just say, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. This we, is all we don't fine. Have listeners. So it's yes. fine. <laughs> it's fine. We can say whatever we want because nobody's listening. <laughs> Oh, they're listening. They're 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 actually peeking on me at work now, saying, "Hey, I listen to you." It's like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've gotten You're some good feedback too. It's, it's like, kind of fun though I, when we get that feedback. It is, but it's a little. I was caught off guard this last week. I'm like, "You do what? You listen to what? The what? Our podcast? <laughs> oh, listen, you, uh, holy crap! You yeah. listen? Uh, oh my god, yeah, that's did great." You that? <laughs> did, you, did you did you want an autograph or something? But I didn't go that far. I'm like, what, at what point do we? This is kind of. Whoa. Okay. It's just different now to having somebody say, I listen to your show. Did you do the Anchorman show. thing? Come on. You had to do the Anchorman thing. What's the Anchorman thing? I don't, I've never watched the show. I don't know what that is. Oh, you really, you have to watch Anchorman I, before the exactly next show. Why I just said I've never watched the show. I don't know. Oh, what is, we, what is we it? We're so doing Anchorman quotes <laughs> next time. There's this oh. one, there's this one quote where he goes, I'm kind of a big deal. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I've seen that. Didn't want to mention it, but I'm kind of a big deal. Oh my God. That's funny. If I knew that I would have sent that meme to him, actually, if I had thought of that, I would have absolutely sent that back. And I don't know this. This is a coworker that I don't really know. We've only talked very lightly. And so he's not used to my sense of humor. And I would have sent that to him in a heartbeat just to be <laughs> really funny. And then I would have told him to, to, to send it on or tell other people. That's awesome. I will keep that one in mind going forward. Trust me. That's awesome. So to, so to <laughs> recap on this, the seven benefits yeah. of being open-minded, they are let go of control, um, experiencing changes, make yourself vulnerable, making mistakes, strengthening yourself, and gaining confidence. And the last one, of course, of being honest. Being honest, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a be. good good reminder, um, you know, that change can be good, right? And it's not always bad, yeah. and uh, it, it yeah. can be uncomfortable, but it can bring you to a better place, right? It, it can. It can allow um, a lot of opportunity. I know a lot of places, you know, with um, a lot of places are shutting down due to everything that's going on because they can't financially support themselves. They're not getting the revenue they need to keep going. And that, while that's sad, that does give space for somebody else to, to have a stab at it. And so that's, it's kind of, it's definitely a perspective based. You got to have not an, uh, some people confuse positive and optimistic. So it's not having a positive perspective. It's having an optimistic one. Things suck, but it will be okay. Change sucks, yeah. but it will be okay. There is a way through this. So, but you have to be honest, not say it's fine. It's mm-hmm. fine. It'll be All fine. right. <laughs> Moving on to the career fails. Career fail of the week. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so seven, gotten... what's up with number seven tonight? Are you, no, uh... <laughs> one more and we've got the, the magic digits to heaven. I don't know. It just, um, it was, so this I was article looking is... for something. Go ahead. Seven social media mistakes that could damage your career. Yes. So I went after this one specifically. This is this is the one from um, CareerCast. And I had gotten a text from somebody who was really disappointed in one of their coworkers because they had posted something on social media. It was, and it wasn't based on their work, but their position at work is some, one of those where, you know, like cops, if you have a cop that's off duty, but they're in the supermarket and the supermarket's getting robbed, you kind of expect that off duty cop to do something. That's how some people yeah. think. I think or in doctor. some professions, you're, you're held to a little bit different standard than most people, right. right? And that's not to say that it's fair, but that's just group think that because of some people, we've kind of been conditioned that, that there are those that when they're off, you know, off the clock, be it a cop or 
an attorney or a doctor, whatever the profession is that they're very specific on, um, some people expect them to be that that's part of their identity. And it doesn't mean that it is, that's, that's their job. And it's just a special set of skills that not everybody has. And so, um, this text had come in to me saying, you know, this, this friend of mine sent it saying, I'm a little disappointed in this, um, because they saw a coworker who posted something was not around work, but they just presented themselves in such a negative tone and, you know, almost bullying. It was just a very negative statement that was made. I can't remember the words exactly. And I'm not going to go into the details, but I thought, you know, gotta be so careful on social media because it was on a social media side, a very popular one. And so a Mm -hmm. lot of people saw it. And so I thought, you know what, it's people don't realize, I know they complain about employers using social media and we've seen it from Hollywood stars losing their jobs to uh, people that want to try and get a job. Like they want to try and host like the Oscars. And I can't remember the actor that was um, blasted because he was going to host the the Oscars. And they went back into one of his social media accounts from like eight years ago found something and because he tweeted this or posted that. We certainly live in the middle of cancel culture. Right. And so um, one of the complaints with cancel culture is though, it's not, you know, um, some people are going back to the beginning of time in social media and that's not necessarily <laughs> representative of no. who somebody is 10 years later, you know, and, no. uh, they and you so, can allow for growth and be open-minded that people can change. See what I did there? Open-minded. Ah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, see, yeah. Full circle. <laughs> Look back to the previous article. Yes. Yeah. We connect it all, but it's, you know, to your point, it's not cool to go backwards and try to hold somebody uh, you know, you, it's there's a statute of limitations on people changing just because they were maybe a D back ten years ago doesn't mean that they haven't had an aha moment and became a really nice person. Right. You miss that and one so, tweet where they said that, hey, I'm no longer going to act like this. I'm going to be some other way. But <laughs> I definitely think when it comes to the present day, um, you know, like going back a couple of weeks or even a couple of months, I, I still I think that there's a lot of. Uh, um, responsibility there for people to, yeah. you know, again, be honest with who they really are and to represent yes. themselves in the same way on social media. Well, be emotionally and, intelligent uh, about some of your posts and know where you're posting them at and who has access to them because it's once it's on the internet, it can go yeah, anywhere it's out there. And, and it's I think done. it's, you know, I've, I've heard it in the past, you know, if it's, if it's put in an email, you should assume that it's going to be printed in the paper or put on a postcard <laughs> or something, you know? And I think the same thing is true with social media, even social media like Facebook, where you may think you're restricting your views to your friends only, yeah. um, you know, that stuff can still get out there. And so you need to be yeah. careful about what you put on, on your feeds and um, cause word gets around. Exactly. You know, and that's exactly one of the things that was in this article from um, CareerCast. It was the second point brought up, which was, you know, sharing your latest job offer. And that's um, not exactly what you're saying. But this particular person that was um, talked about in this article was not very happy about the job offer that was made to them. And so they went to social media and made a big post about it, figuring that the person who offered the job wouldn't see the post and how she was bad mouthing it. And one of the other potential coworkers saw it and then forwarded on to management who promptly said, no, you're not, you're, you're not coming here to work. Yeah. And so she hadn't even gotten the job. I mean, she, she hadn't even started her first day. She was hired, but she didn't, she was fired before her first day started. And so wow. that's one of those things you just don't know. Maybe you don't have your boss on social media and you got to be careful if you do or don't. Um, and if you do watch what you're posting and where you're posting it at, but you know, a lot of times people, when they see, you know, I, I, I fact, another business owner here in my town of Derby, we were talking and he said that he's got one of his employees. They do a lot of um, hands-on work. Um, and so they see a lot of customers in the area every day. And one of his employees finally got onto Facebook um, a year and a half ago. He, you know, he finally fell to the, the urge and he did it. And now he's posting all these opinions all over the place and he's highly conservative and his boss had seen some of the stuff he was posting because he knows the guy. He took him aside and it's like, hey, um, can I need you to not post that way or at least change your employment situation mm-hmm. as to just being full-time employed? Because once people see you posting that way, they're going to think I hire that kind of person and we're going to lose business because of you. And yeah. of course, the employee, you know, this this business owner said that his employee felt bad not realizing, oh, I didn't even think the two would be connected. Like my Facebook is my personal page. I'm not representing 
year in your business. And this business mm -hmm. owner said, you are with my name on your page with the link on it. So yeah, yeah either something. I think that's a, that's an important distinction, right? I think a lot of people don't think that, you know, Hey, once I'm off the clock, I'm not, you know, representing yeah. the company anymore. But, and the reality is today, especially in professional circles, um, you know, if you're an executive at a company, it doesn't matter if you're on the clock or not, you still are representing yeah. that company. And, you know, if you have bad or nefarious behavior, then that, you know, yes. uh, behavior is going to be associated with the company as well. And like I said, yeah. regardless of it happened on the clock or not. And so um, I don't yeah. think a lot of people make that connection, but it, it is there yeah. and you know, uh, it, it is it important. Is. It, you know, when I used to do um, recruiting um, for a real estate company in the Wichita area, one of the things I would go to, and this was years ago, so um, social media was really growing and you weren't seeing quite the level of engagement that you do today, but it was still out there. But I would check out the, the, um, the real estate agents that I was thinking of recruiting into our brokerage by going to their social media site and checking them out. Yeah. You would get an idea of how do they present themselves? Because they are out there in the community and that's a very different type of standard that you're held to. Right. And it would help me decide. And so, and that's a bad way to go really, because it's very superficial, but my, my broker is very clear. I don't want somebody who can't present themselves professionally in every possible way. You know, this yeah. is a, we've been around for a long time and I don't want to be associated with some sort of, you know, party girl on the rooftop hanging down over the side of it or something, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, for the, like the politics stuff for me, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think people are entitled to their opinions. I, I think that's all well and good. Um, I think how you present your opinion makes a big difference. Um, you yes. know, you could, you can present a conservative or a liberal view without being a jerk. Right. Um, yeah. but it's that being a jerk part that I think is what we're talking about here. You yeah. You, you really want to be careful to not be slanderous or, insultive mm -hmm. or complain or you know you got to be so careful about what you post you wanna, out there because be yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've seen examples where people have accused people of you know being in the kkk and uh Gosh. you know calling them negative things and it's like oh really are you going there you know i mean how old are you is this third grade you know i mean God, it's, and it's with, hard to with, look at it with a straight face if you know that person if they're yeah. doing that kind of thing, it's really hard to, uh, or even sharing, um, going on social media if, and sharing, I hate to use the term because there's a social media site that lives off this term, false, false information or fact checking. Right now, yeah. I can't stand that. I have a whole, I'm, we're going to do some talking about that at some point <laughs> in time. Um, but because there's so many, um, there's a bunch of opinion. Most of the internet is opinion. I mean, you've got to, it's got to mm -hmm. be 90 to 95% of the internet is opinion. Well, and like we've talked before, I think it's okay to state that that's your opinion as long as you clearly mark it as your opinion and not as, you know, passing it off as a fact, right? Right. right. So um, I, for me personally, I found a, a video that made huge viral impact on Monday um, regarding COVID and the drugs and everything and, um, you know, the cure drug and whatever. It's been a huge on fire topic this, this week. And mm -hmm. I put, I saw this video and I just posted it off of my feet saying, this is, you know, interesting. Right. And you weren't necessarily endorsing it. You were just right. saying, this is, this is, and it was very, I can't say it's enlightening. I can say that I've seen some of the studies that these people are talking about. I have access to like, oh, you know what Google uh, research or Google scholar, or whatever Google's mm -hmm. got a, so if you pay money, you can go and look up all the scholarly articles and things that people are doing in college and right. um, research hospitals. So I have a version of that. Every college, if you are a college student, you have ver um, access to an online library. And so I've gone and done some looking into the stuff. And so when I saw this video, I did my own checking because I don't want to put something out there that is clearly dumb. Um, and I saw, okay, there's some, there's some things that can go either way here. And so I posted the video and just said, interesting. Well, somebody who's known me for a very long time, and I I realized where this person was coming from, made a comment, and it was almost like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about type of mm. context. And I'm like, I just was offering a second opinion. There's there's a lot of information out there. It's all, and so it's people, and that's what, something you have to be really wary of, is that people aren't going to see, they're, they're looking for you to be on one side or the other. So you definitely have to clarify to your point, if it's, this is something I found, this is something of interest. Here's, is anybody else aware of this? 
um, because people want to fight and they want to get people in trouble and they want to point out there's a bad person over there. And social media is the number one way to do that. So you have to be Mm -hmm. so careful when you're plagiarizing or when you're posting on there. Yeah. Um, I mean, reading through this, one of them is, you know, uh, posting photos with alcohol and they give an example of a teacher who got fired because she took a picture of herself holding a beer and a glass of wine in a brewery on vacation. And I'm, you know, I just cannot get behind stuff like that. I, I mean, I think that there's a line where, you know, I mean, posting a picture with a beer and a student in a classroom. Yeah. Maybe that'll get you fired, but while you're on vacation, I I think that, um, you know, a lot of this has to be questioned too. I mean, if you're going to work for a company that's going to fire you for posting a, you know, a picture of yourself on vacation holding a beer, then then you probably don't want to work for that company either. So I think this goes a little bit of both ways. Well, and you know, and you got to be careful because you mentioned that it reminded me of a situation with a former employer where um, we were out on a, there's a group vacation. A bunch of us went um, on a vacation together. Then we all happened to work together. Right. And uh, one of the people in our uh, group, we all took a group photo and we all have, I mean, we're all, we all have something to drink, but all the drinks are in koozies cause it's hot outside, you know, it's summertime mm-hmm. and we're out there in a water, you know, fun water entertainment thing. And, um, you couldn't see what the drinks were. You had no, idea. I mean, they're in koozies and the koozies were just solid colors. And because the, we were in our swimsuits, um, one of my friends, um, a coworker friend, she was approached by another person who wasn't necessarily her boss, but was somebody of maybe influence in her career and said, I saw the picture on Facebook. You need to take that down. Hmm. And what and was offensive like, well, about it? Well, that's what you're trying to figure out because she said, um, the gal did ask for a little information and the fact that the gal was wearing a bikini and you could see her tattoo and she had an alcoholic drink and the girl's like, you can't see anything. The drink is, it's in a koozie. So you have no idea if that's soda or, you know, a, a beer or, yeah. and anyway, I'm on vacation. I am not representing the, the, the employer at this time. And she's like, anytime you're anywhere, you are representing us. That's all mm-hmm. there is to it. Take it down. Yeah. So I think and- that goes a bit far. I think it's impede. It, it definitely that's intrusive to somebody else's life. It's not as though there was no branding. You didn't know where we were at. There was. It was just a. It was easily seen as a vacation, not as though it was a. Mm-hmm. You know, or it was a work sanctioned event, and so there is a fine line, and hopefully employers are okay with that fine line. Like the people who were the decision makers in this particular girl's career never said anything. It was just this one person because it's not something she would do. It's not something she would condone yeah. for her to. Sounds she like wanted she to press jealous, that on. She was on vacation <laughs> with him. I mean, we didn't invite her, but we didn't know she'd want to be invited. So, yeah, I mean. Well, you know. But you know like yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's there it should be a fine line. But when you are, I know with, um, I've had employers who are very clear, watch what you post on social media and be very careful. You don't look like you're representing us. Yeah. You know, don't use our name, don't use our logo, don't use our anything related to us. Keep a clear distinction. Um, even be careful if you want to list us as your employer on Facebook, just so that people don't, they don't want it. They don't want you to have that, that issue go on. You know, they're trying right. to take both yeah. sides. And so and I, I think this article has some things that I, I really wouldn't have thought of. Like uh, one of the titles here is mocking your customer. Like I would never <laughs> like even think about doing that, but I'm sure people have, and that's not going to end well. Right. Oh yes. They, um, um, I've seen it from my, my previous. Yeah. And it's, you try to keep it low. Then, I've uh, seen people try to keep up, man. It's, that's a dangerous line. Another one here is using texting language, like, you know, <laughs> saying you, the letter U instead of Y-O-U, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't, <laughs> it's social media. I don't know if that one bothers that, me as much. That one kind of cracked me up. So what's funny about this, I found another article, which just, it had similar, um, similar points in it like this one did, but it had so many errors on it. And it's like, I can't mm. mean it. It had using text language, you know, shortcutting, you know, watching good grammar and spelling. I thought it was another article. I'm like, oh my, this article was not spell checked at all. And they're, <laughs> it's like, I can't use this article. This looks so bad. So yeah, bottom line is don't be a jerk on social media, right? Well, don't, yeah, at least don't be a jerk to other people on social media that you work with. <laughs> Keep a distinction. True. Keep a distinction. Keep it clear. 
Yeah. Don't, I think even when I see people being a jerk to somebody else, even if I don't necessarily work with that person, it definitely gives me an opinion of them. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's what we're talking about here too, right? Is we're, yeah. you know, uh, your self percept, your perception of somebody is certainly influenced by what you see they do on what you see yeah. they are doing on social media. Yeah. Pe- yeah. There's a definite way to associate things very easily. Yeah, I agree. Very much. <laughs> Welcome to Media Madness. I decided to, um, I took Spanish back in high school. I really liked it. It only took three years. The fourth year, my teacher said, no, you can't play with us anymore. <laughs> it's because uh, <laughs> the <laughs> the um, the class was mostly a written class, and I was never any good at writing Spanish. I always got... I couldn't put sentence structure in Spanish was never my forte. I could speak mm-hmm. it. I did really well in speaking it. And she said, it's a mainly writing class. This is going to be a struggle for you. Please do not do this. I'm like, Oh, well, right. okay. So I never <laughs> really got to finish up with that. I was kind of a little disappointed because I love speaking the language. So, are you so I let it go. Now? I am. I, um, my daughter was trying to learn. I don't remember what her reason was, but she gave up on it. And so, uh, I was looking at a few different apps and I found this one. It's Duolingo, the world's best way to learn a language. And um, so it's it's such a funny little app. If you are an adult with any kind of a, a kid-like sense of humor, any sort of kid-like areas to your personality, you can mm-hmm. stand this app because it's very... Um, the, the animations on it, the little graphics on it are super simple. So it, it's the visual of it the visual effects of it are geared towards the younger generation to keep them interested mm-hmm. and if you're somebody like me you're an adult and you're trying to learn or relearn you don't feel stupid you know you're, right. you're using a kid so you don't feel bad when you get something wrong but hmm. it's been really great to um get back to um getting back to my basics and kind of picking up where i left off at amazingly i, I recalled so much of the language i was really surprised how much of it stuck with me and uh starting to pick up new things and they changed how, I mean, every language evolves, no matter which language you speak and how how long it's around for. It does evolve and it does change. I'm really surprised at how much this one changed. But this one was just really great. It, it takes you step by step. It uses a lot of conditioning. So you repeat things over and over and over again to remember how they're supposed to sound and how they're supposed to, how the words are supposed to be put together. And it doesn't it doesn't overwhelm me with ads. I don't, I just have the free version. You can pay for different versions of it, but, and, mm-hmm. and you can do more than Spanish. They offer a lot of different um, languages on there. And so picking my Spanish back up and, you know, it's, you have so many hearts you can use a day and, you know, you get so many experience points and it's kind of neat. I kind of like it. If, if, um, you know, picking up another language has been on your to-do list, your bucket list, this is a, a great way to do it, especially if you're sitting at home trying to work and in, you know, in between meetings have a couple of minutes to, cause it doesn't take but five minutes a day. It, oh, that's wow. the least that it recommends. And then you can do as much time as you want. As long as you have hearts, you know, like any, any video game, you've got hearts and that's your life. As long as you have a right. heart, you can keep, you keep going. Every time you make a mistake, you lose a heart. Oh, and really? So it's, that's interesting. Yeah. So when I go yeah, to the site here and I click on the, the get started here, it brings up a page and it's kind of interesting because it shows you how many people um, are in each of the languages. So yeah. if I click on it, it says Spanish is 27.6 million learners. French is 15.7. German is mm-hmm. 8.6. Japanese 7.5. And it rapidly drops off from there. So <laughs> there's a language called High Valorian. I've, I've never heard of that. I have no idea what that language is. But there's 562,000 people that want to learn it. That's awesome. I don't even know. We'll have to look at that one, see what that is. But oh, yeah, Klingon the, is in here. You can learn Klingon. Klingon. There's three hundred one thousand awesome. learners for Klingon. Those are your but, we, uh, those are the Trekkies that would do that, right? Yeah, but that's in beta. <laughs> just beware. So you may not get your Klingon right. Not that you'll have many people to, you know, unless you go to a convention, you, <laughs> you might not be able to use that one at the grocery store. I mean, you can. I'd probably get you some funny looks. No, that would yeah. be really funny to do that behind a face mask. That would be uh-huh. hilarious. That I'm going to need be. somebody to do that. I need one of our listeners to do that and get back to us. That would be great. So the, the website is duolingo.com. D-U-O-L-I-N-G-O.com. Check it out. Super easy. Super easy. I love it. Your awesome. turn. What have you got? My turn. I've got a book. Um, my book is uh, How to Change When Things Change. So the book is called Switch. 
how to change when things change. And it's by uh, Chip Heath and Dan Heath. Um, and they've written several books, which are very good. And this is just one of them. Uh, but this book is uh, basically talks a little bit about, uh, you know, how you have two uh, systems in your brain. You have the rational brain and you have mm -hmm. the emotional brain, right? And basically right. those two are always fighting yeah. <laughs> for yeah, control, exactly. you know. Uh, they give the example of, uh, you know, the uh, rational mind wants a beach body and the emotional mind wants an Oreo cookie, you know, so yes. uh, those two are always kind of fighting each other. Uh, but this book is really good. It's it's like all their books are fantastic. Um, and you can get this one on Kindle or hardcover or on audiobooks uh, on Audible. Uh, but it really is a good book talking about, um, you know, how to be sort of like open minded when we, you know, like we were talking yeah. about before. Um, and how to navigate, you know, um, you know, how to navigate change, um, in, and how to make change when, you know, cause change is never easy. Right. So how to make yeah. that happen. So it's a good uh, yes. book. It's not necessarily a sort of a self-help book, but it's a good, uh, self, uh, self-help book for your career, I would say, uh, type That's thing. Awesome. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good book. I read it a while back, so I probably am, uh, a little bit behind on it, but, uh, yeah, it's a good, good one to check out. How'd you find it? Um, so I had read their previous book, which is, uh, made to stick, which is, uh, a good book. Uh, it, it talks about why some ideas are sticky, um, why you remember some things better than others. Um, yeah. kind of helpful when you're doing marketing, you know, yeah. uh, and this is just, uh, another one of their books. So, uh, nice. kind of, I like the other books. So I read this one and I liked it too. So, Good. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. And they, what I like about their books is they give a lot of, um, uh, they give a lot of examples of things. Yeah. Um, so they, they talk about, you know, uh, medical interns and, uh, just reading off the Amazon thing here, you know, people, uh, they talk about a home organizer, um, you know, and a manager who, uh, you know, transformed the customer support team. And, um, so I, and, and, What's interesting is how you make change happen isn't necessarily logically how you would think you would make change happen, right? Um, and that's yeah. what makes this book so interesting is because they sort of talk about, um, you know, well, if you want this result and you take this thing away and uh, and it's just uh, it's lots of lots of good examples like that in the book. So you're saying if you do the same thing over and over again and, and don't get different results, then that's not the right way to change? That is definitely not the right way to change. I can tell you that for a fact. Yeah. <laughs> just asking, just making sure we're yep. getting some clarity. Not there. the right way to change. <laughs> so thanks for listening to this episode of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. If you like this episode, show us a little love by posting a review on iTunes. And don't forget to send us a few bucks on Patreon or PayPal. We'll love you forever because making a podcast, it's just not free. To get the show notes for this episode, head over to bizandmayhem.com, B-I-Z-A-N-D-M-A-Y-H-E-M.com, and look for Season 1, Episode 10. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, have fun in the mayhem.